Welcome back, everybody, to episode two of the Outpack Podcast. I am your host, Anthony Grzasic, and today's episode, I was going to go through the top five modifications to make to your four-wheel drive to go off-road and even go camping with your friends. Um, You see so many different things that people do to their car, whether they're on the road, what you see on other cars, or what you watch on YouTube, or see on Instagram, and it's uh, quite overwhelming and looks quite expensive after a while when you uh, double in to see how much it is when you go to the shops, you go to the ARB store, you see on Marketplace, it's um, quite overwhelming. You don't know where to start sometimes. So I'm going to take you through my journey with my car. Um, I've got a 2013 Toyota Prado. It's still pretty stock. And to go off off grid with some friends and also with the kids or even going camping, um, I made about some basic modifications in order to do that. It um, helped me get out off-road. It helped me go into some situations where I know I can get off safely. Um, I always traveled with friends. I never really done the solo travel yet that'd be another episode for another day i haven't got any content for that because i've never done it so there's no point doing an episode on something you haven't done before um but i'm just going to go through what i've done to my car and what i've seen other people do and i believe they're probably the best modifications you can make to a car to go off-road safely um and also get yourself out of situations when things turn pear-shaped uh, being a Melbourneian, you know what it's like. Um, 12 o'clock, it's nice and sunny and everything's fine. And 12.05 p.m., it's already rained 15 mil. So you've always got to be prepared for the worst um, in any situation, whether you're going mud, whether you're going on the beach, whether you're going you know, somewhere dry. That could be muddy later. Even grass can catch you out. It's uh, very interesting and can cause issues moving forward. But... Um, I'll start my first one. And the first one I did is I got a good set of all-terrain tires. So 90% of four-wheel drives, utes, everything, pretty much come with a highway terrain tire. Even though they say all-terrain, you look at the tread and it won't take you off-road very well, safely. Um, If you go on some shaly rock, you're more likely to not have the same amount of grip um, if you want to deflate your tires, there's only probably a certain amount of limit every tire has to deflate to. Um, you can't you can't go off road with a set of highway tires at full 40 psi and believe that you're going to be okay no matter what four drive system locker or anything you have. You always want to deflate it safely. You want so you're not feeling the bumps as much and you've got extra tread on the road for when you're off road. When you're traveling at a slow speed, of course, um, it can be done, but you got to be very, very careful and very picky of what you want to try out in your car. So the first thing I did is uh, get a pair of um, a set of all-terrain tires. And if you've got a spare, always check your spare to see how old it is because a lot of them are very old. Um, my one, for instance, the badge says one six. One five. That means it was made on the 15th week of 2015. Being in 2022, it's time for an update because yes, it will get you out of the situation and the time comes. But as we know, a lot of people travel on their spare tires for a fair bit by accident or just forget or don't have the time. Um, we're in a very time poor environment these days with the way the world is. So 
always recommend doing that is you update your spares as well. And even if you're going to, from a say 265 60R18 to a 265 65R18, you highly recommend it to get the spare the same size as the four tires that you've currently got on your car as well. Um, just makes it safer, keeps yourself straight on the road and just a logical thing to do, I believe. So um, I went a Hankook Dynapro back in 2018. Um, I had them deflated to 20 PSI and I've had them on for nearly 60,000 kilometers and I think they're due soon because they're just getting a bit tired. So um, I've never had an issue with them, never had a puncture. You know, there's so many brands out there. Um, it depends how much you want to pay. It depends how much you go off road. Mine are 70 on, 30 off. I've done some pretty gnarly tracks with a stock Prado with those tires and I've never had an issue with them. So a 70-30 is not too bad for that weekend warrior work. You know, a couple of days out in the bush or whatever you choose to do. Um, I am pretty picky with the tracks I I choose my cars are nine to five during the week so i'm going to make sure that my car's getting home and able to go to work the next day because if you don't have a car for work you don't have a car for adventures you don't have money for adventures because you can't get to work the next day or thereafter and it can get expensive depending on um which tracks you want to choose whether you want to do some rock climbing probably um another story for another day but yeah, that's the choice I made with my tyres. Um, they're quite economical. I didn't see a difference much from highway to all-terrain when I swapped them over. Um, and it handles beautifully on the road and in the wet. Um, that, Like I said, that's another day of people doing research on their tyres and how they drive day to day, what the vehicle is and what it does. So it's entirely up to you. But an all-terrain all tyre with some good sidewall and also good grip is highly recommended prior going over off-road. My second one that I, I could put after that is a tire deflator, an air compressor, and a puncture kit. So I've just got a cheapo King's air compressor. So when I let my tires out with my tire deflator, I, um, I'm able to pump it back up to go back on the highway. I don't recommend putting tires down to 25 PSI and going to the next service station which could be 10 kilometers away, 20 kilometers away. You can get away with it, but you will do damage to the tire. You could possibly do damage to the rim and your car is definitely, definitely not going to handle the way it should. I've done this before and I didn't, I, I rocked it and, you know, learn from your mistakes, I guess, and never did it again. So having a tire deflator just to deflate the tires back up to 38, 40 PSI, depending on the recommendation of your car. And also having a... Um, Tire deflator to take the tire down where it takes the valve out, twist the valve out, and you pull it out, allowing the air to go out to the desired um, deflation that you require. When I go off-road, Jaily Walk Rock, I usually go down to 24 to 26 psi, just enough so the tires don't puncture. It's a bit of a smoother ride because it's taking less of the um, the bumps translate transitioned into the car. But more importantly, you've got more. Um, traction on the rock as your tyre is deflated, you're actually creating more area of the tyre onto the uh, track, allowing you to um, have more grip, particularly when it's muddy. Um, I've never driven on sand before, but I believe you even go down 16 psi on sand. And yeah, that's um, that's probably the recommendation there. Also, um, 
going to super cheap order, buying like a $5 tire pressure gauge. It's just a little, it looks like a little pipe with the end of it and you just tap it on the uh, valve and it shoots out instant, tells you what instant um, PSI that your tires are. I keep that in the glove box as well, just as a safe a safety check because sometimes the gauges are incorrect. It's always good to have a backup and for $5, it's a cheap insurance. Last but not least, I've got a puncture kit. I've got an ARB puncture kit, which has all the um, supplies to, if I have a puncture, I can put the um, little beads in to uh, allow the uh, tire to be, have hold to be filled. I have obviously have a spare, but if you happen to have two puncture tires, that is always a, a $50 insurance policy to have in any car. It comes with including all the valves to replacing your valve kits. Um, spare caps, um, they go a long way, especially if you're off-road and you're going away from your campsite and it's a little bit remote. You've always just got that insurance policy sitting there in your cupboard, in your um, boot. I carry mine at all times. I carry it in the trailer because I'm using my trailer to go camping as well. So it's always handy to have. It's a quick fix and you can fix a tire anywhere with, along with the help of your friends or yourself, depending on the way you are traveling. The third one that I recommend is having a handheld UHF or even some fixed com communications fitted to the car. Um, I've got a GME radio with the 6.1 dBi antenna um, fitted to my car. I've had that since probably the second month I had the car because I went off road for with some friends and I got a good deal, an Anaconda. Um, even just having a little five watt or two watt handheld, even a one watt handheld will be great enough to have in the car. I actually carry that in the car as well. So if I'm going down a track and I need my friend to duck, duck out of the car, look where I'm going, he can guide me with the UHF in his hand and I can communicate to him via in the car. And also fun for the kids when they're on campsite, you can communicate with them. They can have it in their pocket while they're going out and having some fun with their friends or their siblings. And also it's a bit of a game as well. But more importantly, having a UHF in your car, if you're stuck and you can communicate to other fellow people on the track, um, if there's an, an emergency, you know, you can always get out there and do what you need to do. Um, yeah, highly recommended, especially if you're traveling in a convoy with all your friends, you can say, I need to pull over, I'm, I'm stopped, I need petrol, you know, have some banter on the radio as well between, between the convoy. Um, Highly recommend, highly helpful, and also a bit of fun as well on the side. Number four on my list is recovery gear. Definitely, definitely carry some recovery gear when you're going off-road with your vehicle to help yourself out, help some friends out. You just never know when you're going to need it. You don't need it until you need it. Um, I carry a snatch strap, eight-meter snatch strap, rated to eight-ton, couple of shackles, some Max Tracks recovery boards. They're made of plastic. They've gotten um, like studs in the top to allow you to have more traction, particularly when it, you're lost traction or in the sand. Haven't done sand travel before, so I can't wait to do that one day. And also a recovery hitch. So it replaces the tow bar ball tongue of your tow bar and you add the tongue with the shackle on it. Um, allows you to add another um, snatch strap to it to get you someone help you get out of a situation rear from the rear or also you can tow someone out. Um, only had to use mine once to help someone else out. 
Uh, thankfully, I've not put myself in any gnarly situations where I've had to use any of my equipment to its extent, but it's always there when you need it. Um, I've few people have used my Max Tracks. I've used my Max Tracks before. Um, they're, they're probably one of the most versatile pieces of equipment that I carry with my car. Um, definitely def- would um, add that to the list. You can get us anywhere, super cheap auto, BCF. There is some quality gear out there, some good pricing. Don't recommend any snatch straps secondhand. It's just, it's not really, you don't, you don't know the life of it from beforehand. So definitely buy just a snatch strap. It's about 50, 60 bucks for a decent one. And you'll be laughing when you have the situation. You've got the snatch strap there and you'll be happy days, definitely. I also have some recovery points bolted onto the front of my Prado. Uh, they're not the most expensive ones in the world, but they are there as a insurance policy for myself in the situation that I do require to use them. I haven't used them before, but they are there. They're not the best, but they'll do the job when the time comes. If it saves you once a year, it's a good year. I guess that line could be used anywhere. So definitely put that to your list. My final one for number five is some roof racks or even one of those uh, platforms. I've got a Rhino Rack Pioneer platform that is about 1.2 meters wide by 1,800 millimeters long or 1.8 meters long. I put my max tracks on that on the roof. I can carry my swag on the roof my gas bottle when I travel with the family on the roof. I don't like carrying gas in the car. Better to be on the roof just in case of any leaks. Um, you don't want to poison anyone in your vehicle. I highly recommend always carrying that out of the cabin. And also I've got some lights on there as well for when I go camping. But the basics to have just to put your gazebo on the roof, your tent, your swag, um, even a, a waterproof bag for clothing. It just allows you to carry much more equipment in, from the cabin on the roof and you got more room in the car for other things these days we're traveling a lot more um with a lot more stuff there's always a lot more gear a lot more clothes a lot more equipment that we need to bring when we go on camping trips um depending how you pack you can pack lightly you can pack heavy but having a roof rack for a couple hundred bucks on your roof you can strap you can it just makes your whole trip much more versatile and much more handier and easier to go away when you need to so that rounds up the top five that i believe like your non-bs mods to go off-road um some of the extras i could add into that that i haven't added in my five is tools just carry some tools like some um, cable ties screwdrivers spanners um, pliers, spare fuses for your uh, car, for your whatever you whatever you may be using that require fuses. Um, I've been in a situation where the fuse wouldn't allow me to start my car, and I had a spare fuse, plugged it in, and off I went until I can fix it at home or on the spot. So definitely carry some um, fuses that are according to your car. Uh, go and ask an oil electrician. Open your fuse box. Um, do some googling. That's all I did and found what I required and. For $15, I can get myself out of the situation. I've got about 10 different um, rated fuses for my car that I have ready to go in the event of an emergency. Um, carrying an awning on the side of the vehicle on your roof rack allows you to have instant shade wherever you go. You just roll it out with a couple of poles and put it down so you can sit on the side of the road and have some lunch. Um, you can roll your swag underneath it. 
um, anointing's quite versatile. They're quite cheap. A lot of brands like Anaconda, Kings, you can find them super cheap. I've You can find some decent ones off Marketplace from people upgrading for a good price. It's a pretty budget item, but a quite versatile item to have from Sunshade for, to protect yourself from the sun. The sun's quite strong these days and anything to protect yourself from there, I would highly recommend. So, you know, having one of those would be fine. Um, I would, I have extra care roadside assistance from the standard roadside assistance. So the extra care from RACV or any equivalent who um, supply roadside assistance, it allows you to have, instead of the 25 kilometer towing, I've got 120 kilometers. That also includes the trailer that I carry. The um, roadside assistance will tow my trailer as well as my car. Um, it allows you to have maybe some extra ones that allow you to have accommodation, um, depending on what the cover you've got, uh, taxis covered, um, even accommodations partially paid for, depending on how much fuel. There is so, it's so many um, different aspects of roadside assistance. If you do some research on it, and depending how far you're traveling, who you're traveling, and where you're traveling, it's just great to have that extra bit of cover for a, a small amount of money to be a bit more comfortable, especially with your kids. You know, you've you got accommodation, um, taxi sorted, and, you know, everyone keeps at peace and you try and keep a situation that's out of your control in the most peaceful manner and still enjoy your trip, have fun with your family, and you learn, you learn from what happened like next time and hopefully get back on the road ASAP. And that sums up episode two. I appreciate your time. I look forward to hearing your feedback, um, adding to what I've our episode of what my top five were recommendations. I'd love to hear what you guys have done, any photos even, send it through to our social media platforms. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram at facebook.com, instagram.com forward slash outpack podcast. And also I've got an email, info at outpack .com.au um, Please look forward to hearing some replies. Um, we've got a few more episodes coming up with uh, rec some recommendations and we're also going to be doing some interviews. I'm also going to have a couple of friends come in and do a bit of a chitter-chatter of what we've done and what their experiences are from different aspects from family camping, solo camping, um, even a couple of YouTube YouTubers who have got some subscribers and have viewed their, the world from their travels and online. Um, I'm going to be interviewing them as well for some recommendations and some what they've seen on their trips and what they've learned. So there's a lot more to come. Um, appreciate your time. Have a great day. Cheers. Mm -hmm.